Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this series, we're examining every single goddamn page of Alien Hunger, a quick start adventure for Vampire the Masquerade, to determine what is the dumbest thing on that page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. If you'd like to play along at home, this is 1991's Alien Hunger, the official PDF release from White Wolf. Tonight we're discussing page 9 of Alien Hunger. Uh, Only we're not. It's full of spoilers. This book has big surprises to come. I do not want to ruin them at this stage. I want to take you through the story. I want to give you the full experience. As the author of the book has instructed me, I want to immerse you in the mood and the themes of this sanguineous phantasmagoria. And so, on pages that are just spoilers, instead we're going to do something else. One thing I want to do over the course of the season is kind of familiarize you, if you're not familiar already, with Vampire the Masquerade. Now, for those who may be new to the podcast, I did a side series uh, for Mega Dumbcast called Fuck, Mary Slay, which is about ranking every Vampire the Masquerade clan on those three metrics. How much would we want to fuck them, marry them, which is to say be embraced into the clan, or slay them because they're horrible. So I have talked about Vampire the Masquerade a lot in my overall podcast work, but all that is Patreon stuff. So those of you who don't support the show on Patreon won't have heard me talk very much about Vampire the Masquerade. You may not be familiar with the game. And so as we go through this story, the story is not going to spend a lot of time focusing on kind of the basics of how Vampire works. So I want to use these spoiler days to introduce you to the, uh, let's be honest, the superpowers that vampires have so that you can kind of get a feel for what it is to play a vampire in Masquerade at the same time that I'm like taking you through the story as we follow the book page by page. So what I've decided to do on these spoiler days is I'm going to pick a random discipline each day. And disciplines are vampire superpowers. Uh, They're rated one to five dots, and they go from like a minor superpower to a very major superpower at five dots. Some of them are like one effect that just scales as you add dots. Most of them have a different power at each dot like a different specific ability within the same theme. Uh, So each of these spoiler days, I'll pick one at random. I'll open up the text of the discipline. And yeah, I think this will be a lens on like what vampires are, what the core vampire experience of Vampire the Masquerade is, but also the weirdos off on the fringes who make the world of darkness weird. And for each discipline, I'm just going to kind of talk about what it does, any peculiarities of it. And I'm going to rate the discipline in pints on a scale of one to ten based on how appealing I think this would be to a vampire. 10 pints of blood, it's a big score. It's like a whole person worth of blood. It's a feast. One pint, you might as well not have bothered hunting this human being. It's like bending down to pick up a penny. You put it in your pocket and it's like, fuck this. My back hurts more than a cent worth. I made a mistake. By the way, I turned 40 recently, can you tell? Okay, now that we understand what we're doing, I am now rolling a random Vampire the Masquerade discipline. All right, I have randomly arrived at Bardo. A weird one right off the bat. So I'd love to tell you that I'm taking the text of Bardo from an actual Vampire the Masquerade source book of some kind. I know it's out there. It's a real discipline. But rather than trying to track down a safe PDF copy of an early Vampire the Masquerade source book, I just searched for Bardo and I found myself on an Angel Fire website. The text, she is read. The background? I'm so glad you asked. Also read. It is in this 90s-ass context that I give you Bardo. Quote, 
This is the children of Osiris's discipline, handed down since Osiris himself first discovered this path. It involves attainment of a constant state of mystical consciousness, only achieved by living the rigid ascetic life of the children. It is named after the Tibetan word for the half-world, the place entered between life and resurrection. This is the place where the children of Osiris's consciousness resides. Now, we're obviously we're arriving very late to this party. It would be pointless to ask, why did Osiris, the Egyptian deity, have vampire powers? Why did he name this vampire power with a Tibetan word? Given that Tibet is over 6,000 kilometers, uh, which is over 3,700 miles away from Egypt. What the fuck is a child of Osiris? No point in asking these questions. Let's just read more flavor text so that we can feel very uh, sophisticated and artistic when we delve into the meat of these cool, cool powers. Quote, this discipline is not the same state as Golconda. Golconda is a realization and acceptance of the way things are, while the children's disciplines are based on denial. They deny the beast within them by intensely concentrating on their humanitas and their state of death. <laughs> humanitas. Uh, if memory serves, that is when you have compassion for other living beings, but also you get an erection whenever you talk about Pompey. That's humanitas. That's when you stand before the assembly of vampires with blood all over your hands and chin, and you're like, I am not a monster. A monster does not wear a toga. Quote, the child must maintain humanity equal to their highest level of ability or else lose that ability. For example, a child must have a humanity of nine to gain the ninth level of attainment. If the child's humanity were ever to drop below the required level, then the ability of that level is lost and must be bought all over again with experience points. That's how you know we're serious. Yeah, 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 morality. Yeah, 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 enlightenment. Oh, but if I fuck up and start being a monster, then I have to rebuy my already trained abilities with new experience points, new fresh experience points. Now I see that there is a moral order to the cosmos. Let me give you some powers for the discipline of Bardo, keeping in mind that we have to maintain our stupid humanity to use it. So let's see if it's worth it. First dot of Bardo, restore humanitas. Quote, the first discipline taught to new children is the ability to regain lost humanity. This ability must be used within a week of the loss. The user must meditate for one hour per point she is attempting to regain. Then, conscience and empathy are rolled with a difficulty equal to the level of humanity being restored. The number of successes is the number of humanity points gained back, though the child cannot gain back more than were lost. So don't try to fucking hack morality. You can't do a bad thing and then go sit crisscross applesauce, become one with the universe, and then regain back that humanity plus more humanity. You will be banned from the server. Quote, if the role is botched, the user must perform penance before this ability can be used again. The temple's undying king can recommend appropriate measures. I don't know where the temple is. I don't know who the undying king is. It sounds like the children of Osiris have a lot going on, and so far I'm not very interested in being involved with it. It says, quote, if this ability is successfully used within the week after losing humanity, then any levels of bardo also lost are regained. So, okay. If you do lose a bunch of bardo because you lost a bunch of humanity, then you can go meditate and say you're super, super sorry, realize the error of your ways, totally redeem yourself morally, which therefore gets you your powers back, which I guess is nice. Second dot of bardo, banishing sign of Thoth. Quote, the child learns a mystic gesture which can defend against any supernatural influences. The child rolls her dexterity and occult with a difficulty of eight. The number of successes is the number added to the difficulty roll of any supernatural power attempting to work upon the child. 
These include thaumaturgy, vampiric disciplines, domination, presence, aspects, etc., lupine spirit magics, and the enchantments of fairy. And that's fairy with a capital F and an A-E and an I-E at the end. The very fanciest way you can write fairy. So that's some pretty good fucking anti-enchantment mojo. Quote, it will also work against the faith of mortals who are attempting to turn the child or injure him with their faith. It's a very spicy cosmological take that when someone compels you in the name of Jesus, you could do the banishing sign of Thoth and be like, Jesus, get the fuck out of here. This is none of your business. Quote, rumor says this ability was taught to the children by Thoth, an ancient mage and powerful ally of Osiris. None know today if he was a kindred or a powerful mortal or if he even existed at all. Psst, hey, you know what I heard? I heard that the well-known Egyptian deity Thoth may have been a vampire or a wizard or maybe wasn't real. Pass it on. <laughs> I love I love these little notes in vampire books because like who the fuck is spreading these rumors based on the lore of the game at any given time there should not be two people in the same city who even know what the fuck the children of Osiris are let alone three different distinct rumors about the true nature of Thoth in relation to the children of Osiris's story about how they learned the second dot of their obscure fucking discipline of Bardo. Anyway, banishing sign of Thoth, mechanically pretty good. Very good defense provided here against any kind of supernatural attack on you at all. I like that it's based on dexterity too. So it's based on a cult because you need to know how to make the sign of Thoth, but it's based on dexterity because you need to be able to make it super quick if somebody's like trying to fireball you. <laughs> And so I love that like an erudite, but also quick fingered child of Osiris can sign language away, uh, you know, baleful polymorphs or whatever from all the mages over on the other side of the world of darkness line. Third dot of Bardo, gift of Apis. Quote, this level of ability frees the child from the curse of having to drink from mankind to survive. Wait, what the fuck? I, I've been sleeping on Bardo. Quote, the child can drink from animals and gain as much nourishment from their blood as from mortal vitae. Okay, I got I still got to go drink the blood of the innocent, only they're like cows or cats. Humans are worse. Why wouldn't I just drink from them? Quote, as long as the proper rituals are maintained, this ability does not diminish with time. The grand undying king of the children of Osiris has not drunk mortal blood since the fall of Rome. Oh, get off your high horse, grand undying king of the children of Osiris. Is it not so that the cow knows death? They're, they're mortals. And I mean, maybe not cows specifically, but something. When, it, when a vampire brags about not drinking human blood, you got to bear in mind, they're framing it. They're saying like, I do not partake in the blood of my human brethren, which is technically true. But what they mean is, I'm out there killing mice on a scale never seen on earth before. I'm sucking down a dude's worth of mice every night. That's, it's, that's not a brag. Okay, moving on. It's pretty good. It's okay. Fourth dot of Bardo, Pillar of Osiris. Quote, the child can create a pillar of Osiris, the center of a temple where the study and meditation of Bardo can be maintained. Any spells or supernatural disciplines practiced within the temple subtract three from the difficulty factor to succeed. However, if a child spends an extended time away from the temple, the chance of frenzy increases. For every month away, increase the difficulty roll to frenzy by one. Also, the instances in which a frenzy are called for increase until after a few months, even the slightest annoyance may trigger it. Only regular meditation at a temple can prevent this degeneration. It goes on to say, most of the children of Osiris are based in big 
Child of Osiris temples because they're mostly NPCs. I mean, it doesn't say that, but that's why it is. And this way, there's a reason why your powerful, holier-than-thou NPCs can't go adventure with the group. They have to give quests to the player characters because they have to stay at the temple. Otherwise, they'll start getting really mad about tiny things until they snap and kill somebody. Quote, any place can be turned into a pillar after a night-long ritual, which sounds like a thing that a child of Osiris, who's had a ton of psychedelics and has a wide-ass pupil, says to another child of Osiris. He's like, my sister, this is a Taco Bell. And then she's like, no, no, fuck off, no. Any place can be turned into a pillar of Osiris after a night-long ritual. Uh, it says, quote, the pillar is an abstract concept of a mystical center and does not require a physical pillar. So don't worry about, you don't need to carry a pillar around everywhere. Pillar is a frame of mind. Quote, the child rules willpower versus a difficulty decided by the storyteller, dependent on the nature of the location. A secluded cave, never disturbed by violent kindred or mortals, would only be a difficulty of five, but a city apartment on the most crime-ridden street in the area would be a nine. A suburban home in a nice neighborhood would fall in the middle with a seven difficulty. But then I don't know if you have uh, neighbors who, nothing against them personally, but they play their hip-hop music very loud, then the property values go down and the difficulty might go up to an eight. Who knows? Quote, the number of successes is the number of weeks the temple can be maintained before another ritual is required. Okay, fine. Uh, not very useful for a player character, unless you're doing a real, like, RTS approach to Vampire the Masquerade, where you've got, like, your lair, where you do all your hard vampire magic work and get your difficulties way down because you've got a pillar of Osiris there. And then you've got ghouls and other, like, lesser vampires out doing your business. But other than that, it, yeah, it's tying the player character to one place in a way that's not really realistic for a campaign. So it's so-so. Now, that's the fourth dot. The usual player character only gets five dots. Elder vampires can have more dots in a discipline, but we're not going to talk about those. That's advanced stuff. You don't typically play an elder. Fifth, and for our purposes, final dot of Bardo, Paradox. Quote, with this level, the child has gained enough knowledge in her mystic studies as to innately understand the illusory nature of the world. Seems like a big fucking jump from making a pillar in your apartment so that you can have a cooler apartment. Quote, she can utter an extemporaneous remark about it, a query, a nonsensical phrase, or haiku. Yeah, why the fuck not? We're mummy-hunting Egyptian vampires using Tibetan magic. Why not write haikus about it? Quote, the child rolls her wits plus manipulation against each listener's willpower. Anyone whom she is successful against suddenly becomes overwhelmed with knowledge of the essential oneness of the universe. They are in a confused trance and must make a willpower roll, difficulty 7, to successfully attempt any action for the rest of the scene. At the end of the scene, the knowledge will fade away, sunk again into the illusions of the mind. The person so affected by the paradox must add one to any difficulties to harm the child after that, as part of their self remembers the bliss the child delivered, if only for a few fleeting moments. Sometimes the phrase's effectiveness can be added to by striking the intended listener with a sudden blow while pronouncing the phrase. That is some Zen shit. Don't don't drag Zen into what what are you doing? What a fucking mess this discipline is, culturally. This subtracts two points from the difficulty, the listener's willpower. Okay, so if you are an extremely adept Egyptian mummy hunting vampire with sterling humanitas, then you can say a haiku and simultaneously bop somebody in the snoot while you say it, and then you get to make a wits plus manipulation roll with a difficulty of their willpower, minus two for the bop, and then if you're successful, then they have to make a willpower roll with a difficulty of seven for the rest of the scene to try to do anything. 
But then at the end of the scene, they forget about the oneness of the universe, but they still remember that you're a cool dude. And therefore, they have a plus one difficulty to attack you in the future because a little part of them is like, hey, it's that cool vampire Egyptian Tibetan Zen master that I met who showed me the oneness of the universe very briefly when they hit me in the nose with their onk or whatever. I mean, mechanically, the ability to potentially shut somebody down for a whole scene with one use of this discipline is pretty good. And it says attempt any action. It's not like they just can't hurt you. It's like they can't even leave. They can't do anything. That's a pretty good power. But even so, I'm going to give Bardo two pints out of 10. Too complicated. Uh, A lot of niche powers that are just sort of like internal business powers. Like, oh, well, if you lose this discipline, then you can get it back using its first dot. Thanks, Bardo. This is almost as convenient as not ever learning you at all. There's some decent NPC powers in here, but they're not as useful for player characters. So yeah, I think two pints seems fair. And more importantly, we did not have to talk about the world-shaking spoilers on this page of Alien Hunger. Join me next time when we talk more about mood, we talk in broad terms about the pregens that players are supposed to play in Alien Hunger, and we exercise our option of creating one original character to join us on this dark journey on MDC the Mega Dumbcast. This has been Mega Dumbcast. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Social media was never healthy and is now dying, so if you want to contact me, you can email me. I am megadumbcast at gmail.com. This season's theme song is Suck City by Black Math, whose work you can find at freemusicarchive.org music slash black underscore math. Dumbheads, I will catch you next time. <laughs>